every book you read, there's an uh, there's there's a missing chapter, and it's the one you write. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is all about exploring the precarity of human experience and think, question, and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you. And in today's episode, we are joined by Todd Myrick. Todd and I have a very interesting story. Neither of us have ever met in person. We have connected online through a shared interest, video games. And he found my YouTube videos, which is predates this podcast, and he followed along and then eventually reached out. And from there, we've had a friendship and connected uh, more deeply than I would have ever expected from technology. I spend a lot of time talking about the double-edged sword that is technology, where it takes us away from meaningful connection and, you know, limits us in many ways. And in this story, I hope that what comes through is technology can be used to foster connections that would not otherwise come through. In this podcast, we get quite biographical and Todd really gets us through his life and who has made a lasting impact on him. And it's a really eye-opening conversation. And as a person who's interested in technology as he is, it's fun to see the progression of this and how the layers of it, it doesn't really change. It just kind of changes form and how technology connects other people. And it's interesting. We don't cover everything here and we will for sure have around two and possibly more in the future. So if you enjoyed this episode, please stay tuned for a future episode with Todd. And with that, everyone, please enjoy my conversation with Todd Myrick. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Feeding Curiosity. We're joined by well, one returning guest, Mike Dakona. What's up? And one new guest, but we've actually done a podcast before, completely unrelated. Uh, your name is Todd. Do you want me to say your last name? I should say probably. Say you can last. say it. Yeah, Todd Myrick. You can say my last name. <laughs> Myrick. I thought it was Todd. And he said Elda. it right. That's really. Can... Wait, say it one more time. Todd Myrick. Myrick. He said it right. That's that's pretty good. Is really, a lot of people. I've never said Myrick. it. I've never said it out loud. Is it German? Yes, it actually is. It's based in Germany. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> that is yeah, why. It's German. That's why I got it right. Very cool. Well, you know, it's funny when you tell someone my name, last name is Myrick, they go, well, how do you spell it? M-Y-R-I-C-K. So, Myrick? No. M-Y-M-Y-R-I-C-K. Myrick. That's definitely Myrick. 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 Nine! <laughs> Whoa. I, I'm used to being people saying my name wrong. You know, I got that floating H at the end of my name. Erich? So, yeah. People or, actually say Erich? Erich, Erich. Uh, yeah, Erich comes up a lot. Imagine if your name was Sean, but it was spelled Scene. Yeah, exactly. I always call people Scene. So we're going to do a two-hour podcast talking about how we got right. names. about names. All right. Well, after we just talk about names, let's just cut that now. <laughs> people call me Michelle. Hey. I tell, I tell Michelle. them it's Michael. <laughs> Oh my dude, dude, oh my god, I was saying that today. I'm like, I, I hate this name because I can't tell if it's Michelle or Michael. <laughs> Must be the way I dress. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Just and that's one Mike. thing for, and that's one thing for an intro. Totally unrelated. Um Well also I wouldn't say it's unrelated because getting to know somebody online. There ooh you don't really like with the tangents. You don't really know their name. No, you don't. You well, know that, by handle, right? Yeah. So, 
Like, I know Todd is LDAP. I thought that was his last name. Ooh. <laughs> LDAP, LDAP. Mr. LDAP. Yeah. I mean, how do we spell LDAP? L-D-A-P-I-C-K. <laughs> Ma- Ma- L-Derek. Um, no, think- it's funny, though, because some people, like, when they say, my, like, like, you know, like, streamers and stuff, they yeah. go, hey, L-D-A-P. <laughs> uh, uh, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm like... Hey, T O D D. It's like we got to. Hey, E R I C. Yeah, right. Or, or you got to say taco. T A C O. T A C O. It's because all capitals throw people off. I forgot my name is um, Taco online. Yeah. That's, and that's what my grandson will be called. And that's like, you know, we were trying to figure out what the name to call me. And, you know, and I'm young. I'm like 50 and I'm mm-hmm. a grandfather now. So yeah. it's like, uh, and it's funny. Uh, you know, they're like, you know, pop, pop, you know, yeah. granddad. <laughs> you know, I'm not fucking old, man. <laughs> you know, can I say fuck? Yeah, you, you can say whatever you want. I can say fuck. Yeah. I can say as fuck as many times as I want to say yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> We're like four deep. So if it's t- if you don't like it for your ears, it's like. <laughs> yeah. I just well. hope your listeners don't say, well, screw this. This guy's vulgar. No. no. Um, no, but like, you know, I'm, I'm young. You know, it's like I'm 50, but, you know, I'm, I look like I'm like, I guess at least. 49 right so like- <laughs> well either way i brought the vase with the vase yeah that way i when he you know i could put his ashes in there because oh, he's so nice. old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no 50 is super young yeah i was gonna say the 50 is like no it's super young but anyway you know it's like it's like so they're like mimi like my my wife is gonna be known as mimi you know mm-hmm. my uh, boss's the- name was mimi mimi i'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you my boss's name is mimi mm-hmm. everybody knows her as mimi that's what you said right mimi yeah, Mimi, M-I-M-I. Yeah, Mimi, that's my boss. That's, <laughs> that's so unique. Maybe that's like the name she always wanted but never got. So There you go. Know. But it was interesting. And then so like it's funny because, you know, um, my grandson's uh, other grandfather, you know, I think he's going to go grandpa or grand, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and what I, you know, it was funny because we've been, we, we just connected on Facebook. And what I did was we were communicating and I said, hey, hashtag one grandpa. And you're like, one <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's, that's going to probably be my nickname for him. And then, you know, I'm going to be LDAP or <laughs> I'm going to go the, the one grandpa. Like yeah. T-H-E, what the one. <laughs> but I, I think, but I like, it was kind of funny. It just came to me and it was, it felt right to say it to him because he's, he is older than me. And, you know, mm-hmm. he actually see my children, my step, my, my children, they're stepchildren. They're not, you know, I didn't. Yeah, they're not your actual birth I children. Didn't, I didn't give them my DNA. Ah. <laughs> but I am giving them my energy. You know, I, I do give them my energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I care deeply for these two at children. What, at what age they. did you become their stepdad? Um, in their adult, you know, okay. like they're, they're in their 20s and 30s. Okay, so know, was, more so in their 20s. So it was beyond know. the time that you could have like a... I, don't know, I can have kids anytime. Dude, I can have kids yeah. anytime. No, but not that part. Like, it's the beyond like, the time that you can have. You're not getting me pregnant. <laughs> right. No, I just mean from like how you could have a bonding experience with the, them as like they're growing up kind of thing. True. You know, and you think, you know, it is important and, you know, it is important to have that bonding right away, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, well, so for me, and we're, we, this is all about me, this podcast. Absolutely. It's always about you. <laughs> you know, when I was born, my father and my mother split up right away. And, really? Um, yeah. So I was, my grandfather was a very important part of my 
my upbringing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was my father figure. He was, mm-hmm. you know, the person I emotionally bonded with because he was, he took me everywhere. He was an electrician. He'd go on calls. You know, mm-hmm. he was my world. You know, I mean, yeah, my mom was there. She was living, you know, she was living at home with her parents at the time, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, she was, but she was working. And then she was getting over the breakup of my father, right? So it's like, you know, um, you know, you know, so she did the best she could. She spent time with me, but my grandparents were like my mother and father, you know, I mean, in the sense that my mother was my mother. Don't get, you know, I'm not trying to right. confuse things, but I became a group project. My mother has three brothers and three sisters or oh, wow. two sisters. So pretty yeah, good family. And so, yeah. And, you know, so everyone took care of me. And you're I was the like only this, child? Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I was the only child uh, with, between my, my biological father and my mm-hmm. mother. And I do have a relationship with my father, my, bio, my, my biological father and my mother. It's not like he just left, you know, he was always in my life. Um, it was rather confusing, but you know, depends if we're going to talk about that or not. I don't know, but, it's up to but you. the point was, is it's yeah. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, my grandparents were instrumental in my early development mm-hmm. and, you know, but, it was, it was a blessing and a curse. The blessing was having so many influences, you know, uncles and aunts, you know, I never, you know, I always had attention, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I always had an adult's attention, you know, it's like, Hey, and, it, and but the, <laughs> the thing about having, getting the adult's attention as a child, what you learn to do is cry. Right. right. You know, if you, if you get stressed or, you know, you can cry and an adult will, Someone go, will be oh there God. for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you know, so children, you know, yeah, I do cry. I do. You know, I don't, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> attention, I don't Mary. Cry. Give me attention. <laughs> no, I don't usually, no. I don't usually <laughs> cry. I am emotional though. I do, you know, I do tear up, you know, um, you know I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in touch with my emotions. Dude, you know? I watched I mean, Tarzan but, the other day. I teared up. Yeah, I swear to get like yeah. you know when I you know speaking of video games in StarCraft, you know in the second StarCraft, StarCraft Two, the, the 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 point in which Kerrigan is abandoned, you know, and she has to face down the Zergs by herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you, I don't know if you ever seen that cutscene in StarCraft Two. If you haven't, it's a very emotional cutscene, and it still hits me at the core. You know, mm-hmm. being abandoned and having to hold down oh. a Zerg invasion. You, you know, Kerrigan's the ghost, you know, right? And she's like, you know, that hits me at my core. Starcraft, uh, Star, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, when Kirk has to give the eulogy to Spock, his best friend, that hits me at my core. You know, I mean... That makes you, know, you tear so, up? Yes. Wow. He was the most human. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's about to break. You yeah, know, you know, yeah. it's Kirk. Kirk never breaks. You never see Kirk cry. You see him yell, God! <laughs> but you don't hear him like cry ever. You know, one's like, yeah. the Klingons are coming. Oh my God. He's, he's he a stoic hero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, you like know. he can't show any sign of. But I put myself in that situation. I have, I have a really close best friend and I could see myself, I could see me or myself sacrificing for the greater good, mm-hmm. you know. The Kobayashi Maru, you know, the no win scenario. That's, you know, it's character, you know, character building. Do you know what to do? I have a motto. Why does not matter? Mm-hmm. You know, people always say, why, why should I do this? Like, why does it matter? You, the reason why it doesn't matter is that it does matter. Why it does matter. But the reason why it doesn't matter is because I'm in touch with my, you know, absolute perfection. Mm-hmm. I don't think I am 
I, I basically, I look at the situation, I breathe, I engage my, with my, you know, I guess my rational mind yeah. and my emotional mind. You know, you have two, these two minds. If you watch Star Trek, the old series, you see Spock and you see McCoy, right? Spock and McCoy. Spock is logic, pure logic. Yep. He's trying to be at least, right? McCoy is pure emotion. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor. Damn it, Jim. You know, <laughs> so you got these two and you got Kirk and, you know, he's being advised by both of them. Now on television, when you wrote scripts, right, you know, you couldn't write what's going on in the guy's head, right? right. You can't, you know, we don't have that, you know, like that, uh, what's it? Ferris Bueller day off monologue, right? <laughs> right. You don't, <laughs> you don't see Kirk ever. going, you know, I got these two clowns, like, you know, they happen in my ear and I'm trying to figure out what the hell to do with the clown. No, no, <laughs> they're playing out, they're playing out the argument. And, and Kirk is in the middle. Kirk represents the wise mind, you know, the, mm. the, the, the taking of both the logic and the emotion and then turning it into action. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time, but I do trust my instincts. That's how you, Eric, and I met. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I'm like watching, you know, here I watch Here's Those Storm videos all the time. You mm-hmm. know? And, you know, I stumble across yours. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. He's taking a chance. You know, it's like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, I just was like, hey, I like his build. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think my build's a little bit, you know, let me share with my build. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I took it, I didn't sit back and just like, oh, Eric, he, he, he's terrible. I don't know. No, I said, no, this guy's, he's trying. He's, you know, he's, he's putting himself out there on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. YouTube. You know, I don't think you ever posted a video on Reddit that I'm aware of. No, no, I don't think he did. I didn't do it no. because it just felt weird. I still feel weird about self promotion. So it just right. kind of like we'll talk- <laughs> you hermit. But you know, what I'm saying is like you posted it on YouTube. I mean, you know, I, I managed to find it. Yeah, you know, and then you know, it wasn't like I immediately found it. I contacted you, and we're friends. No, no, I kept watching your videos. Yeah, you kept trying. You kept iterating. You know, what I'm saying like, and then you know, eventually something. The, you know, there's this, I guess there's a saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> <laughs> In some ways, right. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Dude. And I was like, well, you know, I always wanted to do content, but I'm kind of lazy and, you know, <laughs> and unmotivated. And this this kid, I'm going to say kid, I don't mean. I mean, I'm half your age, roughly. <laughs> this, young, this young adult, yeah. this passionate <laughs> young adult, this passionate young adult is, is out there and, and, and putting himself out there and he's trying and he's you know, he's having fun. You know, you're like, you know, you're, you're just having a good time. And, you know, you're just, you're just trying to like, you know, Hey, don't be afraid to play years of the storm. This is a build you can try. Yeah. This is what I'm trying. And I'm, and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're talking a mile a minute and you're, but you're having a great time. <laughs> I know? definitely and, do talk. Wait, wait, wait. So did, did Eric make you tear up? <laughs> no, he did not oh, make me tear up. Man, I was hoping he was. Going you know what? Man, I think there was one of your podcasts recently did make me kind of Ooh, emotional. Which one? Yeah. So, but you know, I don't know. I, I'd have to remember. He has so many now. It's uh, like, there's fifty now, so or more than fifty actually. So, yeah, so when I think it, when the it comes- one with you and your. Bro- I think the one where you and your brother were talking. I think that was the one. You could you could feel the love between you two. <laughs> Dude, these guys, man. Me and my brother gotta like, separate him from all the hugs, man. He's he's yeah. my my co-op original co-op buddy. <laughs> but they, they give yeah, each other shit tell. all day, every day. Yeah. But when they need to work together, they work together, man. It's insane. 
you can tell, yeah, and you can tell they care. They oh, care yeah. about each other. They, you know, that's the most important thing in life, I think, is that you care. People say love is the most important thing. Hope, oh, no, no, caring, I think, is mm-hmm. one of the most important things. So, and you cared about here's the storm. You yeah. cared about making YouTube videos. You cared about starting your podcast. You care about these clowns that are, you call your friends. That <laughs> you had to I'm say. You, you had to say it while he was here. <laughs> I have a red nose. No, but you do <laughs> care about these guys deeply. And I can tell, you know, and I mean, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to integrate, you know, and, and I'm start, you know, you know me, I'm salty and I'm snarky. And yeah, you know, but it's also, with, it comes with the territory though. Like when we're in these intense environments with the games, we're even, like dogs, even though it's a game, <laughs> like we've talked about this in, in our, you know, mastering the storm podcast where it's like games are this, it's real life playing out in a structured environment. Mm. And, and it's, you know, we're, we're in the arena, so to speak, you know, the man in the arena kind of metaphor. And when you get in these charged environments and you're playing within a rule set and people are supposed to prov- provide a role, you get you get heated no matter like how much you like a friend, as much as you like a person or not. Mm. It still yeah. becomes a role that you have to play. And when someone fucks up or, you know, you messed up, you still take it out on someone that's well, nearby, even if right. you don't mean to. You expect someone to play their role the way they're right. designed. And that's know? life. That's legitimately life. Especially, well, especially <laughs> you know it's frustrating when you put that many hours into the game. It's like, okay, please know your role by this point. <laughs> yeah. but then then and that's, they and make that's, a mistake. The human error comes in. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, ah. The fundamental problem, at least in the games we're playing right now, you don't have agency over the players. You mm-hmm. know, we have agency if we play together. Right. But you get my point. You have mm-hmm. no agency over who's on your team. Right. You have a random set of charge. people unless you stack the right. deck in your favor. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk, you know, you two play World of Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft. You oh, yeah. do PvP together. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're, you're a bro team. You know? uh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> so you off. remember World of Warcraft. And, you know, World of Warcraft is going to, they're going to relaunch the original vanilla, right? And August. Part of the original... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original va- vanilla, you know, to, f- you know, I remember playing vanilla. I got my character to 60, and then I'm like, now what? You know, <laughs> and my friend, right. And my friends, we all played at different times. They're like, you know, we need, you know, I guess you get a need to get, you know, a group together and go in instances. Now, right. there was no group finder. So yeah. all you could do to find random people is spam chat. Right. Like go out in the world and just be, or go on, go on the world or spam chat. Mm-hmm. Right. right. But if you wanted gear, if you wanted to be like that rogue with all the black, you know, the, mm-hmm. whatever the black, the first, the first uh, tier is that set the, was. Is that the heirloom set? <laughs> black, whatever. Black you know, Fang, Black Talon. Whatever. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Black whatever. Fang, but Blood if Fang. you want, you know, Black Talon. Yeah. Black, whatever. I don't. I can't remember that. But so if you wanted to look like that little gnome rogue with that's got all black gear on and then you know it's good gear blues right because mm-hmm. back then blues are awesome oh yeah i was gonna say there's no oh. epics really back then except in the they're very rare. yeah <laughs> yeah they're very rare. purple them, was like huge yeah, yeah purple was like you know you had to rate you know you had to raid or you got a really lucky world boe drop oh like, yeah i forgot like that like uh, uh night night oh, i forgot the name sword <laughs> i have it on my level 39 twink oh yeah i remember that okay like, so yeah, you're, you're, yeah there, there, were, there were epics like kind of spewed out around level 40 plus but like when you got them like man you were yeah. re- you were recognized you were like damn like look at this guy he's so good 
You're that dude with that sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Thunder Fury. Well, and the cool thing was you were so isolated. Like your server was a server. It wasn't like a server plus Ner Nerzul plus right. other Proudmore. You weren't integrated with other servers. It was like Frostmane is Frostmane. Whoever the F is on Frostmane is on Frostmane. So you knew. All the cool, all the cool guys were on yeah. Blood Scout. <laughs> sure. So but when I first started playing World of Warcraft, I played Alliance mm -hmm. on um, uh, Uther, not Uther, um, Lothar, Lothar. So my friends were all on Lothar and they were Alliance. And, you know, Alliance, you know, at the time I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of like being a night elf and, you know, they're humans. And then I started reading the story about World of Warcraft and I was like, huh, well, it seems like, and I was, and I remember like when I would go to Kalimdor, right? You know, even on a PVE server, I was scared because, like, that wasn't the leveling zone to be in for mm -hmm. an Alliance player. Yeah. Calendar was the kind of <laughs> area where the horde went to level. Yep. So I went over there and I remember, like, sneaking my ass over there. Like, you know, I was, like, even I was in my 20s or 30s, you know, but I still was, like, kind of, you know, holding my breath. It's like, you guys played Modern Warfare, right? The first oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. We remember played the all sniper those mission? Oh, remember yeah. The sniper mission? That's, I remember that. I was, like, holding my breath as a crawling through <laughs> yeah the uh the, you know the, the do that last so you don't yeah, get seen so, right so this is before pvp you know i didn't pvp but i'm like worried that the you know the horde are gonna see me and they're gonna attack me or figure out a way you know so it was kind of like yeah at that at that time you know the game was huge right you know it was huge and it was yeah that was probably you know, shortly after release for you you were playing yeah it well within a year within yeah a, year. a couple years after mm -hmm. first it took first. me like eight months to get to 60 because what happened was I went through a divorce uh, in 2003 or four mm -hmm. and I used to play city of heroes. Okay. And so that was your friend. I was going to ask you like, what was your first games before you came, got into like, yeah. like my first legitimate. MMO, my first real MMO was Azure by Microsoft. Um, oh, wow. What was it? You, yeah. You cut out. Azure's call. Azure. It's called Azure's call. Hmm. And you know, it was my first MM, MMO, you know, but, it was okay, but my first, I guess, one I really liked, I think, was uh, City of Heroes because it really, you know, hey, I'm a superhero. Woo! Right? Yeah, it's like the fantasy and, is there. But then I'm like, nah, I'm not. This is not my thing. This mm -hmm. is not my thing. You know? But then I helped my one friend Clarence. He went through a divorce, and I, you know, I was hyper vigilant when he went through a divorce. I was there for him. Yeah. You know, he's not like you know, he wasn't like a close friend of mine. He was a close friend of my best friend, Steve. Gotcha. But I was there to help him move out of his house. I was there. I took off from work. I know. I, you know, I just, because it felt the, like the right thing to do. It was, mm -hmm. there was no why. It was the right thing to do. Back Guy to the caring. <laughs> yeah. Well, in like, that sense, yeah, you know, I, it was more cathartic. Mm -hmm. I'm there to help him because I knew what it was like to go through my divorce. Exactly. And his divorce, he lost his house. He oh, lost, you know, my divorce, I kept the house, you know. Mm -hmm. But so he was displaced. He had to move in with his brother. And so he was taking his stuff between his brother's place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wanted to repay me. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and he's like, he's you. playing World of Warcraft, you know, and this is like his escape for his door. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and so I liked, I talked to my friend Steve. I'm like, I'll play World of Warcraft if you play World of Warcraft to play with World of Warcraft. Because you know, yeah. Clarence, you know, he wanted friend, he, I guess he wanted to play with his friends, right? You don't want to play by like, yourself. No. Uh, World of Warcraft yeah. and most games like that, you can't play by yourself. Well, well, you can. The classic version, you use very hard. Right. Unless you were a hunter yeah. or a classic and you can draw a taunt pet. Right. 
Well, I'm just thinking back from my own perspective on this. It's and, and really I don't, similar. And I, don't think, I don't think Clarence really, his motivation was uh, for me to play with him. He just wanted me to enjoy the game as much as he was enjoying it. He was having a great, he loved to play hunters. He was playing hunters. <laughs> he was. So my first character was a rogue, you know, because, you know, I played rogues in D&D, you know, and I kind of like rogues and, you know, I was being gonna, invisible. I was seriously going <laughs> to ask that because it seems like, so I never played D&D until after probably a year ago now. So like 2018, 2017, I didn't play any D and D, but now okay. it's like, Oh wow. D and D is like the roots of where world of Warcraft came from. And I never even yeah. realized that. Um, so I was going to ask like how you generations, right. It's, <laughs> it is, it is a generational thing because of the way the game is structured. It's like taking that stuff and then also combining a lot of, you know, Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's work into yeah. a 3d world yeah. symbolic, symbolically at least. So what? So what is your question about Dungeons and Dragons towards me? It was just curious as, as that was like your foray in RPGs before they became video games. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> so what happened was when I was in sixth grade, I flew my 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 stepfather. Who my stepfather is actually my father. He adopted me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, um, and my real father, you know, he it was still my life. It was just you know it made more sense for me to be raised and with my parents. And I took my stepfather's last name. You know? Okay. So, so my, my real name was Louis Lazaro, you know, Oh um, wow. that was my birth name. And yeah. then when my parents got divorced, they agreed to change my name and, uh, you know, and then I took on my stepfather's last name and, you know, that seems, you know, my, my, my brothers didn't understand that. And I said, that was probably the best decision to, for two reasons. First off, I wish my name was Lou. I'll, I'll put that out there. I wish my name was Lou. Cause you know, the name Todd is easily perverted. <laughs> Toad, Toddy Waddy Snotty. You can come up with some <laughs> shitty ass names for Todd. Whatever you right? say, loser. Yeah. I'm just joking. I like the I like Lou. Lou. Hey, Lou. Yeah. It sounds, Lou. It sounds very Luigi. Italian. I had a coach Lou. Lou. Yeah, man. Oh my hey, God. Lou. Hey, Lou. Hey, Lou. Yeah, Someone talk, I like the, Especially because you're from East Coast. You know, you talk with your hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, I think the, the name Lou was a little bit painful for my mother right you know? uh, it was a little bit too much for her too connected you know? yeah too yeah. yeah and 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 my mother's a very strong person so i'm not saying you know at the time she was just you know it didn't you know they 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 called me todd tad todd and so todd stuck so Did they call you tad, tadpole tadpole maybe tadpole. i don't yeah there might have been tadpole. Uh, I, you know what was interesting so in elementary school, we're back on the name. Thing. Yeah, no, we, there's a name. We thought we were like abandoned, but no, we're back. <laughs> because there's a reason. Because character names are very important. Right? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, we if can I go- count the dollars I spent on name changes. I mean, not even only that, but like, so from all three of us here, we've all known each other first before from some sort of handle we gave ourselves, which Mm -hmm. usually comes from a nickname that someone else gave us Mm -hmm. that we just adopted because we felt like it was, it fit for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, So what's interesting is you you think this is a gaming thing, culture. No, no, no. See my, my stepfather, or Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call him, I'm just going to call him dad. I'm just going to call him dads and you're going to have to figure out who I'm. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. My my stepfather. (laughs) We're just going to call him Tom. Okay. Tom was a state police officer in the state of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Okay. And back in the seventies, the way, you know, there was two types of radio communication, right? The radio communication that the cops would use, they had a certain frequency dedicated just to police and EMS. Right. Yep. But then CB radios came out. 
you know, citizen, their citizens bands radios. I mean, you guys, I might be blowing your mind. Nope. You, you I know might, all about ham radio. <laughs> Eric does. No, no, I, this isn't ham radio. It's this before is that, citizens band. This is this is citizens bands radio. You would put antennas on your car, and you'd oh, be able to transmit within an gotcha, area. Gotcha. Right within a with a like you know ten twenty mile area mm-hmm. like in a row. So people used to get CB before there were phones in your car. There were CB radios. Got it. Okay? okay. And the police officers would have their you know they'd have their police. Uh, and you, you you understand I'm a six year old and I'm telling you about this, <laughs> so it's like it's <laughs> kind of funny. Anyway, so anyway, the police officers would have their standard police issued radio, but they would also have CB radios installed in their cars. And cops back in the seventies, their cars were kind of like their it's like my computer today. They customized yeah. their cars. <laughs> my, my, my dad, they would give him a stock Ford. He would take it down to his mechanic and have it souped up. Right? You know, it's like. <laughs> Seriously, That's I mean, my awesome. dad was. They would soup their car. I mean, because you know the stock car is not going to be. You know, they make because what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to you know chase down speeders, right? right? And, How are they going to catch up if they got a stock car, right? Right. <laughs> if they got you know, yeah. So and they wanted to make sure the car handled like they wanted it to handle. So mm-hmm. yeah, they you know they would custom. They wouldn't over. They wouldn't like you know. They would just tweak the engine, so to speak, mm-hmm. and maybe the handling and the tires, you know, that kind of stuff. So and. um and this was when people used to work on their cars a lot back in the seventies, yeah. right? You know, people don't do that. Everything's a field replacement unit. Right? Yeah. But anyway, so the CB radio is, and so we're getting back to see the CB radio. The way you would identify yourself on the C, you have a handle. Yeah. Right? And that was and, four uh, digit. Was it similar to like ham radio? No, you would like. Well, you might. They might have. I don't know. But my dad was known as the Hatchet Man. Okay, so that, it, that was so it was yeah. different. Okay. Right. He called himself the Hatchet Man. Yeah. And I was like, and I'd be the hatchet kid. And my dad's like, now nah, you're a little stinker. <laughs> Cause I used to cut parts. <laughs> so, my dad, so my, he said, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to call you a little stinker. And I didn't like a little stinker. I wanted to be hatchet kid or something, but no, no, I was a little stinker. So anyway, my dad loved his, his handle so much. He actually had a t-shirt that said like had hatchet. No know. way. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I do not know why the fuck he would call himself the hatchet man. Now, the one thing people did know to refer to, like you, you, if you were listening to CB radio chat, you hear the word bear. Okay, mm-hmm. bears were cops, right? Got it. And so, and so they would say, "There's a bear up ahead," right? You mm-hmm. know, because they would like the state police would wear these brims, right? You know, yeah, the, 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 the brown the hats. hats. The brims. They look like they look like Smokey the Bear, right? Yep. So they get the brim. And it, you know, it, that culture was, you know, I, you know, my dad actually had a CB radio in his car, but he had like a big one, like that with a, like you know, like you know, like we have these microphones, like he had like one with a microphone like that. Oh wow! And you had this little thing, and you push it down, and he actually had a huge ass antenna on the side of the house that would have like you know, yeah, I mean these antennas <laughs> they put on their cars, they're like they were like whips, you know, it's yeah, like, and they just like you know, so it was like so anyway, you know, the handle back then was important. It was like your identity, and you know. Um, just like today, you know, a lot of people would, you know, there was no one being salty on a CB radio. Everyone was trying to help one another. That was, that was, there was, a, most people were being kind. Like when they're saying the smoky up ahead, that was a form of kindness. You know, mm-hmm. you know the cop, you know, the cop's going to catch speeders. The ones he's going to catch are the ones without the radio or the, you know, the, if they had that speed detectors in your which at the time I can probably recall there wasn't really yeah the technology really um, wasn't around yet yeah and I don't know why my dad really went with the whole, and I guess I'm going to have to have father son talking and say if he does he remember 
Does he remember I mean, why he had that? Yeah, you know, I don't because he never played Dungeons and Dragons. He was not he he, he he barely played cards. You know, so it's like, so I don't know where the Hatchet Man came from. You know, I, and as a police officer, he was he wasn't a guy that like pulled his gun out and started shooting people. He mm-hmm. would, I, you know, he was you know he was the hero. Um, you know, I don't like to throw that term around, but like the. The first story I remember hearing about my dad is there was a called St. Agnes. And my dad, um, you know, he, he saw someone that was trapped in a tree and he went to get out and help him. And his car like kind of like got stuck on a, in, in the water. So he got on top of the roof of his car and the car like got lifted and he managed to get to the guy in the tree and save him and get wow. him on top of his car. Now that, all the particulars of after that. So I have to maybe talk to him, but he got, you know, he was awarded a medal, mm-hmm. you know, an actor, you know, an actor bravery, you know, all I can see just had a recent blood, you know, where I live in the area and, you know, a, a guardsman got swept away, you wow. know, and died. He was trying to help someone, you know, who went to go get their dog. Yeah, <laughs> their dog like went and so this guy this guardsman opened or tried to go save them and he got swept away and passed away mm-hmm. that could have been my my stepfather and I wouldn't have met him because he would have been he wouldn't have met my mom right you know? so and you know I don't you know I don't think and but once again I get back to instinctively it wasn't why why am I going to get on no no he knew it was what he had to do. That's in, that's you super know. interesting because there's so much of this like find your why in popular culture right now, and yeah. I true like it really is this, you know there's Simon Sinek's book and things like that and it's reha- find your purpose yeah stuff like that and it it's, in, it's interesting it was, that you're you're yeah. kind of pushing back against that paradigm. Why does it matter? You know it can I guess, but you know but you know what's right matters. Mm-hmm. doing what's right matters and you know not everyone can do what's right you know i mean it's you know it's not it's not um it's it's a tacit skill right you know it's not oh you know you can try to teach what's right and wrong but eventually you have to have a you know be in touch with your core you know yeah yeah and you know you, know, you don't have to be i don't think, but i think it helps it's, it's <laughs> like know? i don't know I, I feel like it's like for you it's less about what it's not about why it's about what do you stand for is like your thing. Like it's a layer. What do you, it's like a layer. It's a layer deeper than why. What do you care about? Yeah. And what don't you care? And my guys I work with, they know, they know now it's like before, you know, when Todd's talking or when Todd's engaged, he really cares. Mm -hmm. I've learned to make sure I only engage with care when I don't care. You know, I don't ask questions. I sit back. I nod. Just don't ask me my opinion. I say, no, I don't really care. I don't, you know, why should I care? You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, you know, I've learned like in my, in my master's program, uh, information technology, everyone was just buying it. Well, you know, we want to, you know, be competitive. We need to buy this computer. And Nicholas Carr wrote a book goes, does IT matter? Does information technology matter? Yeah. <laughs> what? Does it matter? He, he asked the fundamental question. Yeah. No, no, he didn't really. That's not, I'm sorry. The first question, the first statement he made in the Harvard Business Journal he wrote or in mm-hmm. the, the article he wrote was, he said, IT does not matter. Information technology doesn't matter. And it's, it caused everyone to go apeshit in right. the industry. Like, <laughs> well, Microsoft, well, our operating systems matter. Our storage arrays matter. Our-. And what he was trying to say is for a business, 
information technology is replaceable. It's going to eventually be like your electricity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, he was making that argument. And then, then when he got enough, you know, additional information, then he wrote the book called Does IT Matter? Does it mm-hmm. matter? You know, so asking a question, you know, why, he didn't say, why does it matter, right? Why does IT matter? He said, it doesn't matter or does it matter? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't do, you can't, you know, and so um, not to be semantic, but, you know, the, the, the why doesn't matter for me is it is more about taking initiative, you know, and you, when you take initiative, I think there's a lot of people that are concerned, like, should I take initiative? How do I take initiative? There's a, a <laughs> another Harvard business article. Now, now, Taco, you're a uh, nurse, right? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Right. So part of being a nurse, you know, you have to take the doctor's orders, right? And Absolutely. turn them into action, mm-hmm. right? I don't mean to preach to you. I just, I no. just want to kind of, oh, I'm yeah. using it as an example. I, I know. So, yeah, good. <laughs> so, but ultimately though, you sometimes have to take initiative, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the patients, you know, the doctor's not with the patient all the time. So no. you've had to learn through training and, and I'm not sure where you're at in your career yet, if it's like your 20th year or your mm-hmm. first, <laughs> but over time, you're going to learn, you're going to know when to take an oh, ab- contact absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. For, well, just brief examples is around the topic. Like, I mean, the other day, so we have to monitor urine output because urine output directly relates to kidney function. And um, there was no standing orders place like, oh, if the patient doesn't urinate X amount in X amount of time, then like notify the doctor. That wasn't in place. But like this patient was starting to swell up. She wasn't peeing and it was easy to measure urine. Um, Because we always measure it, you know, by hat. She didn't have a catheter in. Anyway, she only peed like barely 300 milliliters in 24 hours, which is very, very low. You're supposed to do 30 mLs an hour. um, And for 24 hours, it's nothing. So what I had to do, I'm like, I had to call the doctor and say, okay, what's going on? Like, this isn't normal. She's been here for a couple of days. Like, what what do you want to do? Yada, yada, yada. So that's me taking initiative saying like, you know, some people can just pass it on to the next shift and the next shift can pass it on and that happens. But yeah, you have to take, take initiative in that profession. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I know, what you, I know what you're getting at. And so there's this, there's this Harvard Business um, Journal called um, Who's Got the Monkey? So I, this is one of the things that influenced me. I didn't know how to take initiative. In fact, you know, I just used to take initiative. I used to be the guy... You know, where angels fear to tread, you know, I would, <laughs> you know, I would be, you know, I, you know, I would, you know, I would the try to, force object. <laughs> right. I would just, I would be a vanguard. I would try to go for it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in my training at where I worked and they didn't say this is this, when you read this, this is all about taking initiative. No, no. This article just rambles on about, you know, um, you know, uh, people come, you know, you're, you know, when you become the manager of People are going to come and bring you their problems. They're going to bring you their their monkey, and they're going to try to give you the monkey. And then the the proper response is either shoot the monkey or give it back to them. Right? <laughs> so yeah. it's like I'm like okay. Hmm. So, but you know, when you sit with it for a while and you breathe, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. When you sit with it for a while, when you sit with something like that article, every Harvard Business article, every nursing, there's an unfinished chapter. That unfinished chapter, that unfinished passage, in my mind, is the one that you write. Based, you create the synthesis of what's in the, the their action. You t- you learn to take whatever they're saying and you translate it and you incorporate it into your being or your, 
your practice. You're speaking my language that, right now. You know, right. every book you read, there's an, uh, there's, there's a missing chapter and it's the one you write. Okay. And you know, um, so when we read the, you know, who's got the monkey, you know, you're reading it literally, right. You're saying, Oh, this guy, you know, it's the manager. He's, he's overworked and then he's taking on all of his employees, uh, you know, monkeys. And he's trying to figure out if he should shoot him or give him back. Right. <laughs> But what the article kind of gets into, and it's it's, it's unfortunate because you hear all this narrative and you know, monkeys and, you know, because you're thinking, you know, and it's hard to like kind of read between the lines. Yeah, it's all, all the metaphor and abstraction going on. But eventually article. when I read it, you know, and I would hand it to my coworkers and say, what does this mean to you? And they would say, about monkeys and taking initiative. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. About monkeys and shooting them and, you know, not giving you my problem. Hmm. No, it's about taking initiative and how to communicate taking initiative. You know, because if you just take initiative and don't ask, you know, there's potential that you could create suffering. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, but there's also, you're, you're but it, crossing a line for some right. people. But there's also, a, if you, you know, take initiative, you could create a new, you could create a future, right? Mm-hmm. You can create the future. You're, you're forcing That's it into being. <laughs> right. That's karma, right? Karma oh. is about affecting your future. It's not about good karma, bad karma. There's no good, you know? I mean, there's things you like and there's things you well, don't it's the, like. It's the, yeah, it's the perspective you take on it or like your right. your view of it right. makes it right. good or bad. Right. But people who take initiative, like, you know, Tesla, you know, you know, the guy took initiative. He said, we need battery-driven cars. He took initiative. We need battery, you know, we need renewable energy on roofs. You know, he took the initiative and... You know, obviously there's a business behind it, but take, you know, taking that first step, you know, on the moon, you know, propelling yourself on a rocket. It's like doing, I mean, you, know. you, you could talk about anything. I mean, you're just using a big example, yeah. but it's like the same reason we're doing any, you'd try to do anything, right? And as, <laughs> as, as Mike becomes a more, you know, a much more experienced nurse, he's going to even take more initiatives and he's going to, but he's always going to do the risk management exercise in his head, right? He's not going to, his goal, he's, his, what is the nursing motto? It's not do no harm, right? It's, that's the doctor. That's the What's the nursing one? What's the nursing one? Well, you can't remember it. No, I, I'm not going to say I can't remember it. It's just, we never really had a motto in quotes. There's no like, well, we follow. Oath um, you take? No, we don't yeah. take an oath, but we follow uh, Florence Nightingale. So, the patient, okay. the patient is at the center of everything. No matter okay. what you do, the patient is the priority. Mm-hmm. Whether it comes to doctor's orders, family, always be the patient advocate. So patient over mm-hmm. everything. Patient is that's, the, that's basically the, the patient is the product. I don't know. That's that's my well. Yeah, yeah I mean, we are service industry, right? More or less, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's my engineering mm-hmm. lingo. And let's be clear: you don't need clever so- slogan. No. No. They just help you, <laughs> but they don't, they're not required no. like, you know, I mean, to, it just helps people. There are tools to keep, you know, to ask yourself, should I take initiative or not? Should I balance it or not? And that's, you know, as an engineer, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to figure out when to take the initiative because you don't always get the complete piece of information, right? The, you, you might get part of the information, but to be, you know, t- there's good engineers and there's great engineers, right? Good engineers. Yeah. They, they get things done. They copy what other people are doing. But great engineers, they transform. They take initiative. They, they try new things. There's, there's a reason why we look at Frank Lloyd Wright. He's not an engineer. He's an architect. But yeah. Because he took the initiative to make 
causes the cantilever waterfall and buildings that spiral up. You know, I mean, he took this, you know, he took chances and they were, they were, can't, you know, calculated chances. You know, he right. doesn't just say, well, you know, I'm going to make this work. You know, they was in his hole. They were in his soul, you know. And, you know, I, I the reason why I'm saying frankly right, because this is subliminally, I want to come to Chicago and I want you guys to host so. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Chicago and my wife's got a best friend out but I definitely if I am in Chicago and I, I'm going to make this happen I want to come out and meet you oh, absolutely. absolutely man that'd be so much fun we're, we're less we have an hour train ride to the heart of Chicago mm-hmm. from my house like we can just jump on the train and be there in the heart of downtown no problem so <laughs> so all this mansplaining aside um <laughs> You know, I've learned to take initiative. I've mm. learned to teach, you know, people, you know. Um, I think that's an important part. And, you know, I've learned, you know, I, I, it's one of those things you have to oscillate with because, mm-hmm. you know, just like I was explaining this to you, you know, I, I, I'm well aware of the whole mansplain, you know, <laughs> you know, being, you know, mansplain, yeah. and especially with my wife. I, I you know, I try to, you know, I try not to mansplain to her, but sometimes it comes off like, mm-hmm. but I am a teacher, you know, um, when I got into information technology, um, there was no schools for the type of information technology. You had computer science, or, you know, it's like, and then I got into it just as like Novell networking and Microsoft networking. And so I, my friends and I, we all made careers in information technology, but mm-hmm. we have degrees like my undergrads in fine art, photography, and printmaking. Oh wow! Uh, I have an I have an AA degree in mass communication. I find that interesting um, that you you've not really jumped to a different trajectory, but it's tangentially related. Well, technology was always in my life when right. I was like, you know, it was like TV radios, right? right. It makes and, a lot of sense, like when you, when right. you explain the picture and like how what you were exposed to growing up. Yeah, my grandfather was an electrician. Mm-hmm. We had a tel- we had a color television, you know, um, and then you know. I remember my, you know, my mom got me an Atari 2600, you know, and I always marveled at computers. I said, computers, I think are going to be the future, you know, like, you know, so when you can play an Atari 2600, you see, oh, this is, you know, gaming consoles are self-soothing, right? There's oh, yeah. a, it's a, it's an environment where you go to, you know, kind of soothe yourself, you know, um, I, <laughs> I feel you know, very attached to my Xbox. You never play your Xbox. Oh, no, before. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I was so attached. I'm like, oh, yes, it's like my thing. Right. The first thing I was attached to growing up was we, uh, well, that I'm aware of or fully emotionally attached to, I would say emotionally attached to, was when my parents and I went to this place called King's Dominion, which was the first, like, amusement park that I ever went to mm-hmm. that had, like, roller coasters and stuff. It's in Virginia, near Richmond. And, you know, there is this little duck game that went around and you pick the duck and then depending on the number on the duck, you got, you would win or not. Right. Yeah. And I, I was looking at the ducks and I was like picking them up looking. Oh yeah. The, looking finding the number to match or whatever. But th- I didn't know what the number was, but I said, I saw the number 21. Right? I yeah. Said, I like that number. <laughs> I go, is this, and the, and the guy looked at me and he goes, that's a winner. And he gives me this uh, alligator this big gigantic alligator. It wasn't big. It was, but it's bigger. It was as big as a six-year-old is, or a right. five-year-old. It was, and so I called it Freddy because I was afraid all the time. <laughs> no, I was because I was afraid of the dark. Yeah, you know, I was like my parents had to turn a nightlight on in my room because <laughs> I was always afraid of the dark. You know, in my room, and you know, so the alligator became my tool for self-soothing. You mm-hmm. know, he was like, 
you know, and this thing went through like 10 years, you know, it had like bullet holes and it. it was like my aunts and my mom were constantly sewing this thing together. Labor <laughs> they're, of love. they're keeping but, it alive for you. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was something that helped me soothe. I used to suck my thumb. We were talking, we recently talking about sucking thumbs, you know, and when is it you know appropriate to teach the kid to give, you know, the alternate, the sucking your thumb is a pacifier. You know, and when do you like change those two out? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are all things coming up now that I've never thought about, but now I'm getting in touch with. You know, my childhood. I, yeah. I'm 50 years old. Do you? How? Do you? I mean, like, th- this stuff is the reason why <laughs> I can rem- remember these things is because they were so emotional. They they imprinted on me. Yeah, know? I mean, it, they're impactful yeah. moments on your life that have shaped you in some way, and it doesn't. Sometimes it takes reflection on your given a chance to reflect on it, to realize that just how much of an impact certain events have on you. Because in everyday life, we're always thinking forward, right? It's like, well, I'm at work today and I'm going to go, you know, I'm now I'm going to do work for four hours and answer emails and phone calls. And then I'm going to go to lunch. And then you're going to go, you know, you have like your set, you know, eight to 12 hour block of time. And then you go home and you have a family or whatever it is that you do. And you just Mm -hmm. don't have a chance to do that inner work. And I think the inner work and the reflection part of it is, is something that has really driven this podcast in many ways, because it's, we all have this thing that has shaped us. And it's not to say that, you know, many other places you can find important people or people who can accomplish something by, um, some outside measure, right? Like you mentioned Elon Musk already, but that the same part of it is that everybody has a life that they had to overcome challenges and had something that they can only uniquely bring to the table because they can only explain and articulate why that whatever moments like the moments you're explaining right now matter to them. And then they carry it forward. What's interesting is a lot of these people I'm talking about people, myself, me, myself, a lot of these people are exiled in my memory. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't talk about, you know, this is the first time I talked about my, childhood mm-hmm. you know my being you know these things get put away you know they right. don't they're not just like you know stirring around because if these all these things are stirring around my mind my 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 five-year-old self my <laughs> six-year-old self my mind would go crazy probably right you know i was reading this thing that you know uh recently about the mind and how it organizes you know how it kind of regulates mm-hmm. and there's a theory i guess that you know you have, th- you know, you have yourself and yourself is your whole that you're trying to be like kind and, you know, um, compassionate and, you know, what with wise and all the high minded things. Typically, you know, you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to be, well, most people are, they're trying to be themselves, right? I'm trying to be myself. I'm trying to be authentic. I'm trying to be, hmm. well, some, some people are trying to be kind, but maybe some people want to be not kind, right? You know, there's probably, there are people out there that probably, you know, want to see the world burn, right? Yep. I'm not one of those people. So it's <laughs> all about me right now. So, but, you know, but then, right, there's this, remember we talked about the Kirk Spock, but mm-hmm. there's inside your mind, you have these managers who are trying to organize and control and make sure things, you know, or thoughts, you know, there, there's that struggle. Then you have the firefighters in your mind. Okay, and the firefighters are the ones that are self-soothing. They're they're they're, they're the ones that are like, hey, I should go out for a beer. Or I should go do yoga. You know, I should you know go play a video game. Um, 
you know, the, the, the firefighters are responsible um, for making sure, you know, that you don't go crazy per se. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're like the they're, thing. They're and, the mental police or some, something right. like that. <laughs> well, the mental police are fine. They're, they're, they're the uh, emergency responders. I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go play some video games. I'm feeling stressed. I might drink a beer. I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to right. do stress. I might, I might work out. Do you lift, bro? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do lift, bro. Uh, I'm feeling stressed. And maybe I'm going to go do needle, you know, um, you know, or cook or, you know, but the managers are the ones that are like, you know, well, you have to, if you're going to cook, you're going to have to do X, Y, Z. Right? <laughs> and then you have the exiles, right? And sometimes you get stressed and emotions and triggered, right? So, Remember, the exiles aren't just your happy memories that you might, like, you know, like, they could also be the traumas in your life. Right. Right. I think about those things a lot. Not for myself specifically, but just how trauma in whatever it manifests, how that Mm -hmm. affects how people operate within the world when they realize, Mm -hmm. because it it affects, like you're saying, the exiles. Like, even though they're exiled from your, your consciousness, right, the front brain or whatever, the part of you that thinks about it they still are pulling strings behind the scenes, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And they're not always, the managers are sometimes in control. Right. right. But when the exiles, you know, when you get triggered, like when someone says something to you, like I, I'm terrible at spelling. So but when someone <laughs> corrects my spelling, right. It activates the, the kid in the sixth grade who spelled, who the teacher said, Todd, he spells cat, K-A-T, you know, and, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it creates the shame and like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there is a, you know, there is a kind of like a, you know, a visceral response. Now, Todd has learned to kind of, before it used to hurt, you know, before, you know, you know but then Todd's learned to use technology and I have a number of other things and I'm self-deprecating of anything. I try to keep myself humble. So, you know, people know this about me now and when people correct, the people that are in my life, when they correct my spelling, I know it's coming from a place of caring, Yeah, you know, and, you know, that's great. You know, I mean, people who really know me and care about me um, know that when I'm, you know, I spell things wrong or I put things, you know, grammars, you know, I, I, when I, in my entire MBA program, use Grammarly. Thank God for Grammarly. I love that I thing. Would, I've started using that myself because I know that I'm terrible right. at it, <laughs> but it's right. honestly helping like through osmosis, like just brute force. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's there to advise, you know, you can't rely on it. So, but you get the point, you know, like that little exile, there's a six year old, there's a kid in sixth grade who can't spell mm-hmm. and who's, and who's struggling, you know, but he could play the fuck out of star, uh, space invaders. <laughs> I could, uh, space invaders on, I was like, you know, that, well, space invaders was in, was in sixth grade, Indiana Jones and the temple of doom was the first, like, well, so in the Atari 2600, the first adventure game was called Adventure. You mm-hmm. know, they, and they had, like, a very systematic way of, you know, moving around. Everyone yeah. kind of figured that out. It wasn't really hard. But then this other game came out, I think it was in 7th se- or 8th grade, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on Atari 2600. In this game, it was so freaking abstract, <laughs> you didn't know what the hell to do. And my friend, my best friend at the time, Tommy Gehring and I, spent an enti- the entire... Christmas vacation because we got like a blizzard in Maryland. <laughs> you're just trapped he's, inside. He used, to, he used to live over my house because you live like you're like across the field. Yeah, we sit in my we sat in my room for like an entire week trying to figure the fuck out of Indiana Jones and the Temple. And you know, by happenstance, 
uh, I think I might have, I don't know, we, we went to the mall or something, and there was a gay magazine. I remember this is like the early 80s, yeah. you know? And for some reason, there was a magazine, and I looked at it, and it had the Indiana Jones and the Old Doom. And I think it had some screenshots, and it said, if you're having problems with this, and, you know, I didn't wasn't a voracious reader. I mean, mm-hmm. but it said, if you're having problems with this, look, and look in this room. And I was like, huh. So I said, Tommy, we got to go back. So we go back, and we figure out where the missing link is, and we figure out, and then we put it all together, and we solve Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And we did it like, you know, and they had this thing where the, the arc would rise, like, and depending on how quick you did it, how far it would rise, that would depend how far it would rise up in the air. Got and I was it. like, right. I was like, wow, okay. So then we did the world tour, right? We would go to people's houses and show them how to solve Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You were streamers before streamers ever existed. Yes, we brought the point. We brought the cartridge with us. Yeah, right. And there there we might have like an audience. My friend Tommy Elliott and his brother Brian. Oh, that's and, awesome. Is, isn't there yeah, like a, I mean, a Microsoft uh, commercial out now where like that one kid? I don't know if he has a disability or not, but he's playing the drums or something or some video game, and the whole neighborhood comes to watch him do it. I don't. That just reminded me of that. No, I think no, I remember that. You I know think what I'm talking I about? Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen now. No. No way. To, to the idea of lands or where yeah, people are in the same so, room is rare. I'm maybe in a population of younger adults like that. Yeah. Or like young adolescents in middle school, but like back then or now, like when we were in high school, never. Really, like never, because that's when the internet started to get big. Right. I was gonna I was gonna ask you a question is so for you, uh Todd. Which for you? Uh to see this progression of technology and you can, if, if it makes it easier just to talk about. <laughs> it's scary that I have a long view now. <laughs> you have a longer view than us. Right. You have twice the, twice the duration of us, me, me, me and Mike, but Quite literally, yeah. 25. Yeah. Years, yeah. So for you to be like, uh, you know, it seeing this technology change and you're talking about the Atari 2600 and my first mm-hmm. console is the PlayStation one or what is now mm-hmm. considered the classic, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's just got to be crazy, if, even if we're just looking at video games as our, like, small lens on just how fast this has all changed or picking up steam. Like, we're, we're like, it, it, it seems mind-blowing to me to, to even hear you talk about this in your own lifetime and for then for me to pick it up as yeah, the next 20 years. So, I would say that, you know, gaming was always an important part of my life growing up. We, you know... Um, you know, growing up, you played Monopoly with your family. You mm-hmm. socialized with your family. My grandmother would play Yahtzee and um, card games like Fish and Rummy. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, it started off with, like, the simple ones, Fish. Right. But then it progressed to Rummy. And my, my family would sit around the table, four players, and play this game called Pinochle. And I don't even know to what that day, is. <laughs> to this day, it's a game of, like, tricks. You're trying to get tricks, but you're also trying to make suits. And Got it. Got to it. this day, I don't fully understand it. Like, I, the, the only time I started understanding Pinochle is when I got a computer game version of it, you know. And believe it or not, that's how I got my mom to play the computer. My mom, you know, kind of always took my initiatives. Like, so uh, my mom, you know, we're, if we got enough time, we'll talk about my mom. But um, <laughs> my mom was like my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather died. So in a sense, she was, you know, because um, my parents did get divorced. You know, my second set of parents did eventually get divorced. And But 
my father, both my fathers are always in my life. They're always there for me. This is not my parent. Yeah. But my mother, you know, um, so when I graduated high school, we're just going to, we're going to flash forward. And I went to college, uh, you know, I went to community college. And the one thing about my mother is she always wanted to go to school. She always wanted to go to college. She was working a job and she was bored. She knew the job in the back of her hand. It was a very complicated job. She was very competent, you know. So I think I went the first semester and then, you know, I was about to take it. The second semester I was about to take a history class. I said, Mom, you should go to college. You should take this history class with me, you know. And she did. And then she started having to write papers. And so I had to teach her how to use the Atari. I, I had to teach her how to use our, um, our Apple IIe. And oh, wow. she was instrumental, instrumental in getting me to use the Apple and so she, you know, she learned how to use Apple Works, which is the at the time was the first um, uh, word processor, you know, that it had a spell checker in it and stuff. But mm-hmm. so she learned, and it was like it had a mechanical keyboard, you know, an Apple II keyboard. Um, so it worked pretty well. But eventually, I, I graduated to using an IBM mm-hmm. uh, XT with a mouse and a keyboard, you know, the mouse and the keyboard <laughs> and the windows. Yeah. And that was a totally, fun- now you ever understand, my mother has used computers all of her life. She's used uh, terminals, you know, at yeah, work. The original you know. DOS systems. <laughs> right. And so it was very traumatic for her to, to start using a graphical keys computer. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and you know, I love my mom, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm a pre, pre- you know, I'm like in my, my, 18, 19, you know, I got girls in the mind. I got a job <laughs> and my, and my, and my poor mom, all she wants to do, she doesn't have to use the mouse, right? She's like, you know, she's like, you know, the mouse is foreign to her. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, they, they didn't have mice at her job. And yeah. she's like, I don't understand what to do. And she was really upset. She, and, you know, I said, mom, I pull up solitaire. Right. And I said, you don't know how to play solitaire. My mom, my family plays solitaire all the time. So, I use solitaire to teach my mom oh, how to use wow. the mouse. And, That's interesting. You know, and, you know, then I said, and then what I did was, you know, she's like, okay, well, I'll solitaire. So then my next game I got her was Pinochle. And then my mom was on my computer all the time. She was playing Pinochle all the time. I'm like, mom, when are you here? I'm playing Pinochle. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, okay, mom, that's good. Yeah. And she did, you know, she, I'm not, I mean, but, you know, so then I learned Pinochle by playing the computer game Pinochle. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, they tried to teach it to me. They tried, they tried, they, they did. But I was a 10-year-old or 11-year-old. Right. I didn't understand Pinochle, you know. And the, the other thing about this Pinochle game, we talked about being salty and stuff. <laughs> My family would argue all the time. They would complain to each other. <laughs> you know, you're holding, you're sandbagging, you're doing. It was like, you know, it's like, but, you know, so they, start, something would never up, change they, is what you're telling right. me. They would get really upset, but you know, but they really, really, you know, they still cared about each other. But they would get right. really upset with each other. So it was kind of funny, you know. It, it's so sense. it's so funny. It's just the scales of how these things work just expands right. over time. Instead of having but to be in the same games, room. So, <laughs> right. But there, it was there's two types of games. The card games bridged the computer for my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like how she was able to do that. So you say, how did technology Mature. Well, obviously, we went from a very abstract world of blocks, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, you know, blocks, simple shapes, graphics. simple geometry, right? And right. I mean, you gotta remember, like the twenty six hundred couldn't do vector graphics, right? Vector graphics, line graphics, mm-hmm. right? You know, it looks like like you know. So games like um, Asteroids and um, 
you know, Space Invaders, anything with that sharp lines, you couldn't do that on an Atari 2600. Yeah. You got a bunch of blocks together, you know, and, but you could still, but you can imagine, you know, you know, playing asteroids and those types of games. And, you know, it didn't really have any narrative or story. The closest we got to a story was the Indiana Jones yeah. adventure. But even then there was no dialogue. There was words. I don't it was like text but, on know, screen or. Right. But as you said, our first forays into better graphics and story was the Commodore 64 and the mm-hmm. Apple IIe. You know, um, those, and then from, I guess, the TI-99. You know, that, so that those computers could tell stories. You know, they, they had games with story, had some story to them, like Mule or um, Talonguard or there are these, uh, the Origin series, the entire Origin series was the first... Uh, probably role-playing games um, that were digitized. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 if I said to you, Ultima, Ultima 1, Ultima 2, Ultima, does that make does that resonate with you at all? Do you ever, ever nope. hear of the Ultima series? Have never. My you parents, heard of Ultima? You nope. have, have you heard of Ultima Online? Because there wasn't. Yeah. Vaguely. My parents were pretty okay. technology illiterate. They're very, very mm. not tech savvy until I forced them to get a computer, ironically, so I could play World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so all the Ultima series was like our first foray into like uh dungeon crawls, okay, um gotcha. world, you know, world exploring. But it was all single player and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, there was Ultima One, Ultima Two, the graphics weren't that good. Ultima three, the graphics got better, you know, it's like so uh yeah, <laughs> Ultima Four, they would give you like the cloth map of the world, you know, where something that you get like in World of Warcraft. I mean, yeah. Ultima series was definitely the first series of computer games. Um that then it was like Steve Jackson used to, uh their their game publisher, some of their games, their board games, like Ogre Auto, and um Car Wars got turned into Apple games and no way. eventually yeah, so Car Wars and um, Ogre. Ogre was like a kind of an X-based game, sort of like a Battletech. But then, you know, there would be these droughts where game companies, you know, gaming, you know, remember that like the, there was a period of time between the 2600 and the, you know, there was like a period, like about four years. I think E.T. brought that, you know, the E.T. video game. Oh, right. I think I've definitely seen stuff like historical. Mm-hmm. There right. might be so like the game, toys that made us episode yeah, about this. Yeah. Yeah, the computer games, you know, they sucked. You know, they actually yeah. handhelds started coming back. You know, people were like, you know, ColecoVision and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the games themselves kind of you know, didn't didn't do so well. And then the Nintendo came, you know, uh, the Sega, those, you know, the PlayStation. But the personal computers kind of, I guess, in a sense, the personal computers, um, like the Commodore 64 kind of started, for me, I, my my console wise 2600 was my last my first my first and last console mm-hmm. i got a counter 64 from a counter 64 i went to an apple IIe, and the apple IIe is so i had a good word processor for college you right. know because i couldn't spell for shit <laughs> and then in when i got into uh out of community, my four-year college i actually got an ibm xt I actually t- took some of my student loan money and, and got one and what was interesting about my ibm xt was i got one and we used to play this game, this company in Maryland called Micropro. Company mm-hmm. made Civilization, the computer game. Okay, yeah. Based in Maryland, Hunt Valley. And um, I, you know, uh, uh, so my friends, we used to, on the Commodore 64, we played this game called Gunship. So the first, it was the first, like, simulator. Um, and uh, so 
what happened was I brought my friends Jim and Steve over and I said, look at this. And so I had a sound card. I had a sound blaster, sound card. Oh, wow. Back when sound cards mattered. (laughs) Yeah. And both of them, like within like within a month, they both went to the same computer company. It was a homegrown shop, this guy named Smart Computers and this guy named Zishan. And he used to build computers and he he would build it for like, so I I work in the Baltimore metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of government agencies. So this guy was selling computer, uh, personal computers to social security administration, CMS, you know? And, um, so, uh, am I, but anyway, so my friends, this was like after college, my friends, they went and bought their computers. And my one friend, Steve, his family was a little bit more well off. So he got like the 486, right? The 386. My friend Jim got one too. He got now my friend Jim. If we were doing an interview with Jim, now Jim had. <laughs> remember, I said I stopped at the twenty six hundred. Yeah, and, and then I went to Commodore sixty four. Jim went from the twenty six hundred to the ColecoVision Atom computer. He like he had, and then after this Commodore sixty four, he went to the Amiga. You know, Man, so he, he had like a library you know, of or yeah, yeah. So he had all these archive. Really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and my, my my best friend Steve at the time, uh, he had an Atari, he had an Apple IIe, and that was it. Like he, he they had an uh, Odyssey was their console. This Odyssey was their their like he didn't even so yeah. Steve and his his brother John, it so, went from the Odyssey to the Apple II, the Apple two not the they didn't have an Apple IIe they had an Apple II. Quick so quick question: on How yeah. at what time frame are we looking at? Is this like late eighty eighties, maybe early nineties that this is all yeah. so, kind of taking yeah, place? Yeah, personal computers. It's it's early. Just to 80s kind of give us a timeline about. because I'm yeah I'm, I'm I know early 80s. I know the names, but I'm not a hundred percent sure where the timelining is. Yeah, of. everything we're talking. So yeah, we're talking. We're basically talking about the in the early eighties. You know, in eighty one, eighty two. It's an Apple twenty. It's an Atari twenty six hundred for me. Steve had an Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Jim probably had an Atari. Jim probably had both the Atari twenty six hundred and the Intellivision. And I didn't know. And, okay. And, yeah. I did, and I didn't know uh, Jim at the time. I met Steve like in, in high school. We met. We all met in high school. And but anyway, uh, my brother, my 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 half brother Troy, um, he had the Intellivision. So when I would go, I would go over his house. I would bring my twenty twenty six hundred. He was like playing all my games and. I would play his in televisions because <laughs> like that, that was a technology. There was this technology divide, you know, and it's like game content. So, um, but gaming was always an important part of our lives. You know, it's like, and, but we went outside, you know, summer you would go out and you'd ride your bikes all over God's creation. <laughs> yeah. Technology you know, computer games are more of a fault when school got back in, you started playing your computer more. You know? Yeah. And on really hot summer days, you might play your 2600. So, or your year stuff. Then in like say middle school, like so in not so much. No, not. It wasn't until high school, late high school, that the like when my my junior senior year that the twenty six hundred became or the it's Commodore sixty four yeah became prominent. You know, and you know then it was in my my in nice like eighty eighty seven eighty eight eighty nine that was two for me. Um, at the time, like the Apple II was kind of in like its uh, containment because they were trying to sell the 2GS and the Mac, yeah, first generation Macs. Um, and then in like 1990, 91 was when I got um, a personal computer. Cool. Um, yeah, because around 94 then, is when the internet came on. And I think, not to cut yeah. you off, but just for timing's sake for right now, we might have to start around two for a later date. 
Okay. Just so we can make this a little bit more cohesive because we're just over an hour, like 10 minutes right now. So okay. I, I want to keep it like an hour. So right now, I don't know if whoever wants to, we can say we're like around 1990s for timelining purposes. <laughs> and then right. we can pick up from there and that'll be part two of this conversation because there's, there's a lot in here. There's like a, so much timelining and technology here that I think mm-hmm. it'll be easier to absorb instead of one massive podcast. People are going to be like, whoa. <laughs> True. So yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to go. No, you're, no, I really like this. I think this is really important for people because it's, it's, it's not something that a lot of us can think about and in your, in your shoes here, because this is really unique in the sense that you are intrinsically connected to the technology more so mm-hmm. than like even now, did you just want to cut us off right here? And then you want us to continue talking like you're no, going to do a part. We're, we're okay. going to, we're going to be done. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. That's unfortunately. Otherwise That's I, I would continue. Um, Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can continue, um, not tomorrow, but sometime That was really soon. interesting. Yeah. This is what happens when you just turn on a microphone. Because we're 90s babies, you know? Like, right, for yeah. Us, so technology it's totally weird. And I think, the 2000s. And I think that's why I wanted to stop here. So it's like, as you got, right, got in the 90s, that kind of where we can kind of segue yeah. into the more personal computer side of things. What's interesting is, you know, um, around, let's say, well, no, we, you know, one of the, there is still a story to tell about the Commodore sixty four and mm-hmm. the Atari and the Apple two, and I'm gonna let's just extend this a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's uh, fine. So, the Apple, the so it was the so my best friend Steve, his brother, they had an Apple two computer in the eight, like eighty four, eighty five, and one of the things they used to do was dial into bulletin board systems, PBSs. So if you you know so. This was kind of intriguing to me because you could, <laughs> dial, you, could, you could dial into these online forums. Do you know, know of, uh, have you ever heard of the story of Kevin Mitnick? Yeah, the guy who uh, hacked. Yeah, he's uh, like the most uh, world's most the, notorious Captain hacker. Captain Crunch. Yeah. yeah he, Captain Crunch. It st- reminds me of completely of him. And if anyone's interested in this, like the technological side of like how all this stuff kind of transformed into that world, uh, it's a great place to kind of fill in some of the gaps here that you've been explaining. Right. So what's interesting is, so yeah, we had our computers, but Steve, Steve and John, they had a Atari 2, they had a modem, right? They had a 300 baud modem. Maybe it was a 200 baud modem, but I know eventually it was a 300 baud modem. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so basically this meant that they could download. I'm not gonna, so anyway, what they would do is they would download um, games. You know, they would, mm-hmm. they would, sometimes it was, I don't know, they would, tr- so they, they would, most of the time, I think they were downloading games, but I think Steve's brother, John, actually also participated on forums, right? So it was kind of like this thing where you knew bulletin boards, you knew phone number, phone numbers, because the modem would dial, a, you know, pick up your phone, doot, 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 you yep. know, <laughs> and then, you know, they the old, old dial-up tones. <laughs> right. And then, you know, so, uh, so remember I told you back in the 70s, it was all about the CB radio. Yep. In the 80s, for... Nerds like me and geeks, you know, <laughs> it was bulletin boards, and you would develop a handle. Oh, right? so see, this right. is where the handle pulls itself forward into the next yeah, generation. Identity. We're talking about it's funny because we didn't really, right? So I can't remember what John's. When I talked to Steve and John this week, I'll ask them what they're if they can remember what they're. Yeah, that'll be a cool thing we can things. bring into part two. So my first name was i was a big fan of the police and sting so uh-huh. i was known as stinger so that was, uh, 
Yeah. My first bulletin board, I stuck a bulletin board in my house uh, on my um, Commodore 64 was called Stinger's Hive. Stinger's Hive. And That's crazy. I know, I know my, my cousin did Satan's Hollow. <laughs> no way. <laughs> because Man, of Satan's Hollow. This is like bringing and, me so many memories about our own stuff, which we'll get into once we get into part right. two. <laughs> right. And so the end of the 80s, early 90s, bulletin board systems were the internet. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got your, if you were going to pirate games, you were going to use a bulletin system. There were certain prominent, you, to get on some of these, you had to be vouched. You know, it was, and, you know, everyone, like I had a bulletin board, but she, I had one phone line. My mom would use the phone sometimes. Unfortunately, <laughs> my mom did work. So I would say, mom, don't pick up the phone. I actually, I, I learned, I learned how to program my phones to not ring. That, and then my mom had a separate So if they would have incoming calls, it would cut the connection? It wouldn't ring. So like, you know, I made it so it wouldn't ring. Right. But if it, but it if up, you didn't yeah. do that, it would cut the connection? Oh, yeah, yeah. It would ring or she would pick it up and the connection would go away. That's hilarious. So and That's then, you know, basically what you would do is you would, it's like Reddit. You would average, it's like what you did on Reddit, you know, post your video, you would post your phone number on someone else's um, board saying, and then you would say, I might have something that you're looking for, you know, mm-hmm. it might be your tagline, you know, and then that was like code for, I have games, you know, so it's like, so people would like log in and then they would, they, you could watch them go to your directory and do a list and then they're looking for what games you had. And then That's if great. they like what you had, they would start downloading. And then you sounds would do like the same drugs, thing. dude. <laughs> yeah, it sounds super shady. <laughs> it's funny because you you know, but it was technology. It was like yeah. how we learned. I mean, it's to, like it's a version it's like brand new point one of the internet. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's so interesting. So, so it's funny. So I was a, oh my god, you know, clean slate I was a fan to of, understand it all. Yeah, I was a fan of the police, so I did Stinger's Hollow. My cousin did Satan's St- Stinger's Hive. Uh, like he because he was just, he was a hell spawn. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. He constantly got in trouble. My best friend Steve, when he when I you know when he first got his when he got his actual um, personal computer, not an Apple II. When after we, uh, I bought my computer, he went and set up his own bulletin board. He used the WWIV bulletin board system because you had to compile that. So remember to do this stuff. It wasn't like you bought you know you you had to download software and you had to set it up. It was not, right. It's not very user friendly at that point. Right. And you know, um, it's like Reddit, you know, you have, you can, there's a framework, but you had to fill all the blanks. Yep. Um, (coughs) he stood up his board. He was a, he was a fan of, um, Genesis, the band Genesis with Phil Collins. Yep. So his was called home by the sea (laughs) and, and his, um, and he was Lord Craig and he's still Lord Craig today. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I, actually, like, I think his handle prior to Laura Craig was Echo R One because that's a virus, and then he was in med tech school. So, and um, my best my 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 best friend um, Jim. I have two best friends, so it's like you know, they're interchangeable. Yeah, I right. sometimes say Steve's my best friend. Sometimes I say Jim. They're both everybody's very your best important friend. to me. Right? <laughs> you don't pick favorites, right? And so, um, my best friend Jim, um, he he was a fan of Mustangs. He actually bought a Mustang in high school. Uh, his was Mustang. That was, his, that was his, uh, his handle, you know, on the, on our bulletin board systems. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So bulletin board systems kept us until 94. And then Steve and I and Jim said, well, you know, we bought this computer. It doesn't look like it's freaking hard to, you know, make, we started making our own computers. We started our own computer company out of high school and 
it's that's where I'm going to leave the story off to part two. And we decided we were going to set up an internet service internet service provider. Hey, there you go. Wow, that's a great way to end this part one. Like perfect, so, yeah, perfect so, segue where it's like all, all of that, this, all that, all that stuff is then it, it prepared us for our careers. Even though our careers didn't, <sighs> you know, didn't graduate from um, a four year college. I think you graduated from a, uh, with an A degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve did graduate. He got his um, med tech degree. Got it. Um, but Jim went to work and became a manager uh, of a you know of a restaurant. Steve went to go work in the in a hospital. I w- I was working in a hospital, and then we used this all this technology to transition ourselves you know into the next career, and that's what we can talk about. And it was our new computers and yeah. our and our taking initiative. You know that really. And our identities, you know, the, mm-hmm. these new identities, you know, kind of, you know, flashing around. Yeah. So I think uh, th- I just want to end on like one note, um, sure. kind of about just being able to meet someone like, you know, we've been building up this technology, right? Where you have circles of people, then it's by proximity. Mm-hmm. But one of the things about technology that is so cool in today's world with the power of the internet that we're going to talk about in part two is just the ability that you can make relationships with people that you've never actually physically seen in real life. That's, that's <laughs> our story. That's me and your story. Right. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I, story, yeah. I wanted to highlight right now really quick because we didn't get a chance to really talk about it until when you don't into your story. And I just want to close out with this and say that it's honestly crazy that the internet provides this, this window into being able to connect with someone who you know, we, we connected through video games, specifically Hill of the Storm, which you mentioned earlier. But at the same point is what I was doing with YouTube was me following something because I knew I was going to play video games anyways and I wanted to channel that into something positive instead of just yeah. doing the the waste of your time idea of it, right? Like you sit behind your computer for four hours a day or whatever it is that you have free time to play. And so I was like, I'm going to try and make this a thing so I can teach other people. And then after a while, it became me hiding little nuggets of stuff, which is a lot of what this podcast does now overtly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's great that technology can enable you to be a teacher. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, you have, to be a teacher, you have to go to four years of college. You have to get certified. <laughs> you know, no. To no. be a teacher, you just have to have a video camera and initiative. Or, and, or a microphone yeah, and a phone <laughs> and right. the internet. And, yeah, and then all I want to do a podcast. Well, you all have to get this podcast. We're going to have to get this. No, no, yeah. you just get Anchor FM and you host. You know, right. I mean, it's that simple. You got a phone, you got a podcast. What, what I think and, is even more cool is just the connections that we've been able to make. Like just being able to yes. meet you and half of the people that I that hang out in our Discord channel are all people that many of them, like half of them are friends that I know in real life and have known for a long time that have moved away. And then they hang out with us because it's easier to hang out in an online chat room (laughs) and talk to each other and bullshit for hours. And then there's the other half that it's like you, you know, where we all have like this kindred spirit of like, let's play games, but we also like have this other thing. So, you know, there's this concept of, you know, globalization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before there was globalization, before there was technology, kind of areas, right? Yep. We didn't, you know, exchange culture or we might have saw it on television, but yeah. you know, you need someone like Anthony Bourdain to go eat dinner at different places and, and then, <laughs> you know, report about it. Right. Yeah. So now we have technology and we're globally connected. You know, mm-hmm. China, 
can, can, you know, can compete in the United States. We can, you know, small countries can compete against larger countries. I mean, we can talk about every average Joe can compete with anyone who's famous or not for that matter or whatever. Right. Right. And the, the core there, you know, when they talk about global, there's core drivers and one of the Mm -hmm. core drivers, deep communication, you know, cheap communication, you know, technology to cheap communication, this global, you know, you know, this global internet, is making our world technically smaller. So right now, my new grandson is on the other side of the country. Okay, so he's in California. I can't. I'm not going to yeah. talk about where they live. Yeah, you know, because right. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I don't have permission, and that's <laughs> right. But they're on the other side of the country. Yeah. So, you know, for me to go see them, I got to get in a plane to go all the way across the country. Right. You have a six-hour flight and, or something like that. Right. <laughs> so there's no way I'm going to have the same relationship. As my grandfather had me, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to have that relationship. The same, like taking him, you know, uh, uh, on my job and, you know, going doing, there's not there, but I can, the, I can have a deep relationship with him. We can go explore together yeah. virtually. Yeah. That is where you're, you're saying, where's the technology taking us? And you're talking about relationship building. I'm going to, you know, integrate with my, grandson as much as my stepdaughter and son-in-law will allow me to do that yeah you know as much as they give as much screen time as they allow me and my goal is to influence him positively online yeah and hopefully that he will be a leader so it's in, it's interesting yeah it's you're at a really interesting crossroads yeah you met me in a very interesting time <laughs> in my life. i mean it, but um the you're good well i was gonna say go ahead you know, my I'll, father I'll was close a, my point. Yeah, my father was as a police officer. You mm-hmm. know, and he practiced equitability. You know, he and I, you know, observed him. You know, he would. You know, he the, the police officer doesn't pull the gun. The police officer tries to keep the peace, right? You know, the police officer. He's he's a civil servant. Remember, we talked about you have the firefighters and the. Yeah. So on the internet we have mods, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like a police officer in a online forum, mm-hmm. you know, a mod, right? And, you know, my job there is to teach people how to relate, yeah. be kind to one another, you know, when they're not, they get a, you know, I got to take that same stuff I've been, you know, and teach it to a kid, to a kid that's going to be 3000 miles away. Yeah. You know, same as my father did it right next to me and my grandfather, did right next to me you gotta take the same stuff and 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 project it you know yeah and you know i love to be called the salty guy (laughs) the reason why this is an interesting time in my life is i'm going to try to become more kind Mm -hmm. you know i think you know this you know perfect absolutely perfect person was born and they reminded me that i was you know we're 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 perfect we have the capability of being perfect, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we'll never attain it in, in, in a literal sense, but it's in us. Every one of us, you know, are you know have this pure pureness about ourselves. Yeah. And babies are what reminds us of that. We just don't we don't put the word. They say, "Oh, they're cute," you know. But we are good inherently. We have we're absolutely perfect. We don't, you know. It's just. We have to recognize it, right? 
And we have to recognize it in others. And we have to show kindness. And yeah. I know this sounds all preachy and you No, know, I think you're I, on the right track with this. Right. But we also have to balance it, right? We have to allow, you know, people are gonna get the you know, the emotions. And the same to you know, token, that's what I gotta do three thousand miles away. That's what this technology allows us to do now. Before, you know, you couldn't talk and have video he'll be able to see my face. <laughs> you know, it's right. Like, like instead of having just is, a phone call or photos sent right. his way. He's not going to know me. Just He's going to know me by LDAP. That's that's my, my grandpa name. But he's also going to know what I look like. Yeah. He's going to know what I sound like. You know, he's going to hear me on, you know, he's going to be able to hear me, see me. Eventually We're he might even hear this episode one day. <laughs> he might, and, you know, hopefully, you know, he hears, you know, how, how, you know, just joyed I am to be able to meet him in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. And, you know, how much joy he's going to bring our family, how close he's going to bring our family together. It's not going to be him doing it. It's going to be us treating each other with kindness and yeah. compassion and realizing we have shit. You know, we, we all have shit. I have bad experiences. Maybe that's what we're going to talk about the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, games are a great way to kind of simulate, you yeah. know, and to try things out and stuff. And I, and Mike, I'm going to say to you, I apologize for dominating this conversation. I did not mean to, like, you know. It's okay. Mike uh, is Mike was just there for a ride. He's actually already taken his uh, leave, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to like dominate the conversation. No, it wasn't but, the you point. You're just joining in. In the same token, you know, I'm I'm awoke. You know, and I think that's <laughs> and I, technology is a marriage of technology and then just getting in touch with my inner core. You know, mm-hmm. and as a friend of yours, you know, I you know. Wenzel, I've never met you, but I do care about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I appreciate you. You're giving your most valuable resource right now, and it is yeah. your time. And and um, you care, you care about everyone that you interview. That's oh, absolutely. I, I really, and, this whole thing, and you know, I could call it a job or whatever it is that it's turning mm-hmm. into. Uh, you know, it, you could call it interviews, or I like to just call it conversation because that's what it yeah. is to me. And yeah. um. I don't know when you were talking about your your meeting your grands grandson and stuff like that. It it it's ironic in the sense that you're, you know, you're it's surreal. Yeah, your well, your father surreal. did what he he exposed you to technology in you know mm. the pinnacle of his technology, and now that you're in this role and grew up with technology, and you're at this point where you're now you know this mod. Um, the the idea that comes to my head is is you're the shepherd of the internet in some way where you can kind of. Yeah give him the lessons and the tools and just be like, here's the internet, you know, instead of just having to, like you did where you figured it out on your own or on the fly, you can kind of be like, here's what it is and here's how to use it effectively for yourself and to use the technology, you know, because it's no technology is inherently good or evil. It's how you use it that dictates the outcome. And that's where we're at today. Technology is helping us connect. It's helping Mm -hmm. us, and yes, it's not all going to be kindness and generosity no. and compassion. You're going to, you're, you're going to say something online. You're going to act a certain way. It's going to affect people. You're going to have you emotions know. when you get upset yes. and have play games, even though you don't mean right. it. We've all felt right. it. And we can definitely get into right. that in part two. Yeah. And that's the point, you know, but that's where you asked, you asked the question, where did technology take us? And that's where it's taking, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it's taking us to the point where we can be better connected we can adventure together we can work together 
Um, you know, you don't have to be in the same office anymore, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you still have to be able to take initiative. You still, you can't let the technology stop you from taking initiative. Um, you you got to work harder because yeah. like, you don't have the person next to you. So you have to make an effort and you have, and, and, and part and it's easy to get upset with someone, you know, like, right. If you have just email or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's very easy to like to read an email and get totally, you know, the wrong message or impression, you know, and it's very important to develop um, a vernacular or, you know, a language, so to speak. And that's what I'm working. I think I'm pretty good at it, but, you know, it's a work in progress. And, you know, like I said, technology, you know, people, you know, God help us with our power out. <laughs> we lost, we had the wind storm like a year ago and my wife and I were probably going nuts because, you know, the power was out for like six hours. We felt like we're, you know, we felt like we were disconnected, you know. Right, you're just bored out of your mind. You're like, what do I do now? What we did was slept. We, <laughs> we just, we, I said, honey, I'm going to bed. And I didn't wake up until the next morning. Power still wasn't on. I said, hungry, I'm, uh, honey, I'm hungry. Went out and got coffees and then we went and got lunch. And then That's by funny. that time, the power came back on. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not prepared for the, uh, for the, the great internet blackout. But anyway, uh, but yes, you know, so there is this, yes, it's connecting us. Yes, it's, but we also have to, you know, figure out how we're going to do deal with it when we don't have it. So, yes. you know, that's, that's the part I don't know yet. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm still surprised. Absolutely. So, Thank you for your time. I really appreciate no this. And, uh, I'm really excited for round two and I hope everyone listening is as well. Cool. Thanks everyone. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.